I'd like to not talk about it. Do we have to talk about it? Is that like a like a requirement? Do we have to do we have to talk about it? I You are locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, June 5th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay. Well, that was that was a weekend for sure. That was certainly a, a an enjoyable, just great experience. The Detroit Tigers get swept in New York by the New York Yankees. Um, I think the accumulative score over the three games, uh, if it was if it was like soccer style, where you know they they play, I'm forgetting the word is slipping my brain right now it'll come back to me like at the 17 minute mark of the show for some reason that doesn't make sense um but uh you know when they combine the aggregate there you go got a little bit quicker than i thought if we were doing the aggregate of the three games we would have dropped this game or this weekend set by a score of 21 to 4 so that's a recipe for getting swept i would say that's a pretty good recipe for getting swept getting outscored by almost 20 runs in a three game series decent recipe for failure decent and they did take the yankees two extra innings on sunday uh that that's nothing short of a miracle i don't know how we even managed to do that i luck maybe a little bit i I mean seriously that we looked terrible it's just the the pitching keeps us in games that like we're not supposed to be in. Even Saturday, Saturday was three nothing. Like Saturday, Saturday could have been a, a whole heck of a lot worse. It was not a bad pitching performance um, by a by a pieced together, bandaided up Tiger staff. Bo Brisky, I thought looked really solid. We'll get to him later, um, but it, it just you know. We, we went into Sunday without having scored a run yet in the series. There's there, These kind of series really just point out and, and exemplify and highlight all of the flaws that this team still has. Which is quite a few. It was not great. It was not a lot of fun. And, I, I you know, the, the thing, I think the most frustrating part of it it, well, I'm not I'm not going to try to identify one most frustrating part, actually. But one of the most frustrating parts of it is the fact that in year... what What is this year of the rebuild? Let's say it started in 2017, officially. Deadline of 2017. That's five, right? Year five of the rebuild. And, and you're still getting embarrassed by teams 
embarrassed by teams. Is that six? Second half of 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. No, it's, yeah, five, five and a half, whatever. Just embarrassing. You you can't, it just didn't even look like we were in the same stratosphere, talent-wise. Like, seriously, it, it didn't even feel like this was even, uh, we were playing the same sport, that these two teams were in the same league. It was just pure and utter domination all around. And like I said, our pitching staff do, does not deserve that that much heat, I don't think. So I like I said at the beginning, the aggregate for this one across all three games was 21 to four. And the four runs were all scored in run game, one game. The offense is certainly the biggest issue here. And they just looked, again, like they wasn't even playing the same sport as their opponent. The pitching in game two I thought was really good. And in game three, I also thought was pretty impressive. And, I, I mean, two of the five runs they scored were unearned. Or at least currently are unearned. They They change stuff like after games all the time. So we'll see. But... Currently, at the time of this recording, listed as unearned runs, uh, Fulmers and obviously Sotos then in extras. Doesn't count as an earned run. The man on second. Also, if I sound stuffy, my allergies are kicking my ass. I'm sorry. So, I, I, I and like the defense was terrible. Ronnie Garcia, I, like what else could you have asked from Ronnie Garcia? If you expected more than what he gave you, I'm not sure what to tell you. That is as good of a start as you possibly could have had out of Ronnie on Sunday. And Alex Lane came in, was asked to pitch two innings. Could have gotten out of that, but poor defense by the big shortstop you just brought in this past offseason. Could have got out of that clean, but Javi Baez doesn't charge on a ground ball, and I don't even know what he was thinking. I really don't. Just like th- assuming that he was going to round second base, didn't didn't think he had a play. He didn't even charge it. I I, I don't. I, my guess is he he didn't realize he was stealing, or he just thought that the base runner was just going to keep running and was like positive about it for some reason. I I I have no clue. So that ends up costing you a run because Alex Lang then walks two people after that. That's absolutely something he can't do. But. If your shortstop, if the highest paid dude on your team, well, Miguel Cabrera, the second highest paid dude on your team, charges a baseball on a grounder, he's out of that inning. Michael Fulmer gets the under and run, obviously, just crazy, throwing the ball all over the place. Poor decisions on where to throw the ball. We're throwing the ball home. We're, we're, Jonathan Scope, love the dude to death, and, and he's going to be in a gold glove conversation. He's dropped like... Four stolen base attempt throws. I, I I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. It's it's just it's so it's so hard to watch as you all are very aware. It's it's so frustrating. My goodness. And then Gregory Soto. I actually thought the ninth inning from Greg was maybe his best inning of the entire season. And then again, like it's this weak ground ball, but we're shifted all over the place. 
Jonathan Scope made a great play to save a run. And then at that point, with the runner on second rule, fly ball is going to win it. Because in the top of that inning, with a runner on second, you couldn't put the ball in play. You literally couldn't even put the ball in play. You have a free runner on second base. You have the Manfred runner literally on second. You have to bunt with two strikes. And, and I know that some people were questioning the decision by Hinge to give him the bunt sign, whatever. Look, that comes way more down to everybody's faith in Derek Hill with the bat in his hands than it does a, a poor managerial decision. And I'm not saying Hinge, Hinge managed a perfect series or anything, but that play is not your argument. That is way more of a testament to, to how little confidence everybody in that organization has in Derek Hill hitting, period, nonetheless with two strikes. I, it's it, it's just, you, you couldn't put the ball in play. Willie Castro still batting leadoff. That, that's a gripe I have, I guess. With Hinch, that doesn't make any sense with me. I, what are we doing? There's and there, and there is, you know, golly, there is some positives, and and we'll get to them, I guess. But that's just me begging for for some optimism more than anything, because it, like, it's one thing to go like we're gonna go play Pittsburgh, and and we're gonna have Fiedo and Scooble on the bump. We could take two from Pittsburgh. We go to Toronto. They're like the, maybe the hottest team in baseball since the middle of May. That's going to be an, an interesting one. Uh, I think that's at home. I don't know if I said we go to Toronto. We play Toronto. Um, and, like, like we, and then after Toronto, the schedule like at, at spots gets kind of easy. Like it's, it's possible to salvage some games, but I, it's hard not to just keep going back to this series down the down the road and just think, against the upper echelon, against the best teams in this league, the best teams that, that Major League Baseball has to offer, we looked like a double-A team. Especially the offense. Really, only the offense. And then one starter. Just not even in the same class. And that's just demoralizing. Because... Even if you beat some bad teams and you go on a little bit of a run, maybe you recover the record a little bit. You're a few games over under 500 going into the all-star break or something like that. We're just going to keep going back to, okay, well, when we played the Dodgers and Yankees, what happened? Pumped. Uncompetitive games. So, I guess we'll see. We do have some positive stuff to talk about. A lot of just news and notes from around just this entire series, honestly, um, because, A, you're playing the Yankees. There's always going to be. And, B, um, some, I mean, network stuff. It was it was a very eventful weekend, even with all of this, and a lot of content came out of it. So we're going to cover a lot of stuff. But first, got to tell you all about Athletic Greens. Our next product is uh is something that I actually use every single day. You guys have heard me talk about it before. Um, Athletic Greens was something that they they sent a, a box, like a welcome box, to all of their hosts uh, a couple of months ago. Now I think at the end of March, mid March, maybe even, and it was like thirty days worth. And it's just this green powder that you mix with water, 
and you have every single morning, first thing in the morning before you eat. Um, and it, it's just eight, eight to 12 or eight to 11 ounces of water. And then you just start your day with it. Uh, and it incredibly increases your digestive health, your gut health, immune system health, all of that. And it's, it, I have never taken a daily supplement like ever in my life. And they sent it to me when I was like, oh, well, if I'm going to sell the product, I might as well try it. I have re-upped every single month now. It, it truly is remarkable how much of a notable difference I have or I feel after drinking it. And, and especially once you get a couple of days in it, I mean, you can feel it really quickly on in, in this journey, I guess you'd call it. It's, it really is phenomenal stuff. It has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, all sorts of stuff. It, it has every single vitamin and mineral that your body needs in a 24-hour period all in one scoop that you just mix with eight ounces of water every morning. It's fantastic. It's very lifestyle-friendly too. If you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, accommodates to all of that. It doesn't contain anything that would ruin any of those diets. Uh, contains less than one gram of sugar with no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything, and it still tastes really good. It, it really is an unbelievable product. Uh, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. I really do stand by it. I, I love this product so much, and it's something that I just found by doing this, and now I'm, I'm a huge believer in, and I re-up it every single month. So you can order. Yours today, athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. That's athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up an, the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. We also have an important favor to ask you. Some of you guys have already reached out and then told me you've taken it. We're putting together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Locked on podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked on Podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. Won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. A lot of Tigers games in that. So to take your audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. Really do appreciate it, for real. Okay, let's get back into this weekend. So uh, we're it's, it's going to be pretty broad because the first two games especially were kind of just same old story, different day. A lot lower of a score, obviously. Ten less runs given up. Uh, I guess we can start with that. So Elvin Rodriguez pitched on the Friday game that ended up being the 13 to nothing route uh, that also Garrett Cole carried a perfect game into the seventh, maybe even eighth, seventh, I think. Very deep into the ball game. Very scary there for a little bit. Thank you, Jonathan Scope. And um, look, the first, I think it was the first four innings, I actually w thought that Elvin looked pretty solid. I, I was pretty impressed with what I saw through the first four innings. Uh, it, it should have been two to nothing going into five. 
It should have been two to nothing going into five. And then Willie Castro in center field happened. Uh, he had a just putrid series defensively. Uh, ha- had a couple of knocks to, to make up for it, but I, I don't like him batting leadoff. And I, you can't put him anywhere in the field and, and consistently rely on him to make plays at this point. I know we had the one, like he threw the guy out and left on Sunday, whatever. I, I don't, I don't really care. I, he, every single fly ball hit to him this entire series. He was running around at the last second. You thought it had a chance of dropping and the one cost us three runs. I, when you have Derek Hill and Daz Cameron at your disposal, I don't understand continuously putting him in the center field. If you are really keen on getting him in the lineup, like I guess do what you did Sunday and hide him in left or right, but really, really brutal defensive series for him. Um, and so, yeah, that was obviously three unearned runs and there were two outs in the inning when that happened. That should have been the final out. Willie Castro could have just stood there and not moved and it would have went right to him, but he crashed in and went over his head. Uh, then they ended up giving, getting three runs in the inning. So uh, it should have been 2 nothing going into five. And I, I was pretty impressed. He, he had a couple of pitches that were working, I thought. And a couple of, uh, well, a lot of called strikes. And we find out why is is because um, John Boy, I, I believe, is the person that first did it. He at least did the big video to kind of highlight it. Um, if he's not the very first person to talk about it or bring it up, I, I apologize for not giving first, first credit, but he is definitely the one that made the video that got all the attention. Um, the fifth inning comes around and the Yankees are, are pretty clearly all over everything he's throwing, which is not on brand again for the first four innings. It should have been two nothing. And not that, you know, he was a swing and miss machine or anything, but there were a lot of called strikes and, I think the reason there were a lot of called strikes is because of that. They found out uh, what kind of pitch he, he, they found out his, his tell and they found out when he was going to throw a fastball. So anytime he, he was going non fastball and it was, he could have thrown them all right down the middle. He did actually, there were a couple of sliders that were right down the middle that they just didn't swing at. Cause they were like, Oh, well uh, you know, I'm just going to wait for a heater. Um, and then they, they just, Went to town on Elvin there in the fifth inning. And uh, he ended up giving up seven runs. And then, as this bullpen does, uh, we did give up one run in the eighth. But um, as as this bullpen does, kind of held it down there at the end innings. I know it's, you know, a lot lower stress, whatever. No one really cares. Jacob Barnes didn't look great either. I think his days are numbered uh, on the major league roster. I think that this could be uh, a candidate to kind of go down. He's really struggled over the last few weeks after a really good start to the season. Uh, and then Harold Castro, obviously position player pitching. Didn't look very happy to be a position player pitching, but uh, he goes out there. Will Vest looked great, I guess, for whatever it's worth. So I just wanted to highlight Elvin because before the fifth, I, w- I was very impressed. And then going into the fifth thing, you already knew, even before the the pitch tipping thing, you already knew, hey, man, like this is, I think before the fifth even started, before he even went out there for the fifth, it was his career high in pitches. And you were like, okay, this is going to be a, an interesting one. This is going to separate the, the men from the boys here. Uh, and and on top of, of tipping his pitches, already a career high in pitches, just – 
kind of a recipe for disaster against maybe the best lineup in all of baseball. So completely blew up. And then on top of that, you, you kind of have to save your pen, right? You, and they only use two relievers after that Harold Castro position player. Doesn't matter. They only use two relievers. The, the after after Alvin, who only went four and a third. So they, you know, Jacob Barnes, who is currently one of their lowest leverage guys because he's been struggling so much. And then Will Vest, who just came back off injury, COVID, whatever, just rejoined the roster. This is what his second outing back. Like he 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 wasn't. Uh, you know, you're just trying to work his arm back up. He's going to be pretty low leverage too. So you had to leave Alvin out there to dry. On top of all that. It was just a really bad situation that had a lot going wrong and, and Hinch didn't want to burn through a bullpen in a game that we were losing thir- we ended up, you know, 13 runs. So even after he gave up a few, Garrett Cole was perfect gaming us. Even before he even stepped foot on the mound for the fifth, it was already 5 nothing. If it was a close game, I, I don't even think he goes to Elvin in the fifth. I think Elvin just goes four innings. He gets a pat on the back. Nice job. And that's all she wrote. But because it was already 5 nothing, and you very clearly weren't getting any offense off of the Yankees in that game, you kind of just had to say, hey, man, bite the bullet, take one for the team, get rocked a little bit, um, try your best, but uh, we, we really need to preserve the bullpen as best we can. And clearly that didn't work because he got one out in the fifth inning and ended up giving up seven runs. So di- didn't didn't work, but... I mean, you kind of had to just throw in the towel and be like, all right, well, we lost this one. We'll see what happens the next two games. And the next two games weren't very pretty either. We'll talk about those next two games, some good performances, some bad performances on the weekend. But first, I got to tell you all about Bet Bet BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL hockey conference finals, major league baseball, and of course the latest fighting news and MMA and UFC to boxing. But online is your combined source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and the action bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back to our third and final segment here at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Um, so that that's the rundown on Elvin. Uh, I, I just feel for him more than anything. You know, like, you know, he gave up 10 runs. Obviously, I'm not saying that he was lights out or that he was great by any stretch. Um, but in the first four innings, I thought he about he did about as good as you could expect. And then it just all caught up to him in the fifth between, like we already talked about, everything, all of those three, four different factors he had going against him, uh, and and just the basic fact of playing the Yankees in New York. It happens. Really, really feel bad for the kid. Um, his final line, we're, I'm not even going to say. He gave up 10 runs. Jacob Barnes, strolling this one. Like I said, I think he's a candidate to, to move down. Tomorrow's show will be interesting. So I'm recording this right after the game on Sunday. So if there are roster moves that have, that have been made by the time you're listening to this, uh, then, well, then you know that there are roster moves that have been made. Um, I think Monday, we have a day off tomorrow today, as you're listening to this, I think there, there has the potential to be a ton of roster moves, like a ton. 
And if not Monday, after game two of Pittsburgh. Also, do we only play Pittsburgh in two-game series? What is this? Nonsense. Uh, so I, I think there's the potential for a lot of roster moves to be made on Monday because it's an off day and you can get people out to Pittsburgh. And also, again, after Pittsburgh when we head back home to, to start off our homestand uh, on the first series being against Toronto. I think that both of those dates specifically – a lot of potential for roster movement. We'll talk about that more in depth. That'll be tomorrow's off day show. Um, back to the weekend, though. The the different broadcasts, uh, the Apple TV one I was absolutely ridiculous. It has been all year. Uh, I consume baseball as often as I can, so that, that wasn't my first Apple TV broadcast, but it was for a lot of people. Um, and the probability thing makes no sense. Like uh, somebody, it'll be their strikeout probability. And on 01, it'll be 40%. And then on 02, it'll be 17%. And like that, that doesn't make sense. That's, that's literally impossible. Um, the, I mean, the hit percentages when they're in hitters counts, it, it's somehow worse than when they're on like, you know, two counts. It's just not true. It's not backed up by any data. Uh, fan graphs, actually, I forget who on fan graphs, it really pisses me off, but somebody on fan graphs wrote, uh, an article about it. I think a couple of weeks ago now about the, the probability things there, because they don't make any sense. And, uh, there's some crazy theories about why they don't make any sense. So go, go try and check out that article or just read, you know, just search it on Twitter. You'll find all the conspiracy theories about it. You know, some people think that it's, uh, literally to just like screw over like uh, non non like not super serious baseball followers uh, that are sports betters and just like screw them over. There's a ton of crazy conspiracies about how it is, but it doesn't make any sense. The broadcast is whack. Uh, the, the announcers, I whatever, take them or leave them. Uh, wasn't blown away one way or another. Um, but it's just in a three-game series against the New York Yankees, we had one game on Apple TV, one game on our actual Bally Regional Network, and then one game on Peacock at 11 in the morning. I, <laughs> what, what a weekend we chose to play the New York Yankees, apparently. I'd, I don't think the Yankees have to deal with that all the time. I think it's just usually on Guest Network. But this weekend, light work. For the broadcast teams of, of these two of these two teams, these two clubs. Very easy weekend for them. Really weird, really weird weekend to watch baseball. And it didn't help that then on national TV in two of the three games, we got absolutely pumped in one of them. And then just like little league play after little league play embarrassed off the field in the other one. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Bo Brisky was a highlight this weekend, however pitched on Saturday. I, I thought that was one of the best starts of Bo Brisky's career. I know that he did give up, uh, what, two runs, but that's a quality start. Six innings, three hits, two runs, one walk, and a career-high seven strikeouts on 83 pitches. The ERA is now sub-five. This one worried me going into the weekend. Uh, Ronnie Garcia, whatever Ronnie Garcia does or doesn't do is is if he does well, it's icing on the cake. If he does poorly, uh, it's no like I'm not losing sleep over it. And then the first game of the series, um, 
was Elvin, which is pretty much the same mindset as Ronnie. Bo is somebody that I actually want to see development out of. And we talked about, I think we talked about a little bit on Friday. He's been hit hard a lot and a lot of fly ball outs on top of that. And credit to him, man. What a dog. Credit to him. Very, very impressive. Very, very impressive. Got a lot of swings and misses. Uh, was a, in like big moments too. And like that was the thing. The the whiff total itself is not something that's going to like blow you away or anything. But just the sheer ability to get them when needed, get them at absolutely. He only ended with 11, but got them in really big moments and spread them out a lot. Four whiffs on the four seam, three on the slider, three on the change up, one on the sinker not on the curveball, so almost had a whiff on every single pitch he threw. And the average exit velocity was still really high, but the launch angle on him was a lot worse, right? Gave up the one leadoff homer to Aaron Judge, obviously. Um, but, I mean, outside of that was was pretty was was pretty contained. You know, Rizzo did Rizzo things too. But it, it was just a really impressive outing for me because he was playing in a small park and his problem has been fly ball outs, hard hit fly ball outs. And in a small park on the biggest stage against one of the best lineups in the league, he did give up two runs, but they were non-costly because nobody was on base and he was able to get out of it. Uh, I was I was very, very impressed with, uh, with Bo Brisky. I think the biggest thing is the changeup. The changeup's a plus pitch, and I don't know if it was just the amps of playing in Yankee Stadium or what, but that thing was coming in hot. Like, his, his changeup usually sits around 80 miles an hour. This thing was, like, topping off at, like, 84, 85. I think he threw an 85-mile-an-hour changeup at one point. He was he was rifling that thing in there. Uh, the changeup itself had a CSW percentage of 33%, and his entire outing had a CSW percentage of 33%. So that's... 33% of pitches were either called strikes or whiffs. Great number. Phenomenal number. Anything above 30% is a really good outing. Uh, and, and his is obviously one of every three pitches. I mean, really, really solid. So I was very, very impressed with Bo. Uh, gets me a little pumped for his next start. Him and Fetter said that they were working on some stuff. Uh, a lot more slider in this one, which I also liked. Almost the slider more than the four seam. He said after the game that him and uh, him and Barnhart found a hole that they thought was was in pretty much the entire lineup's uh, zone uh, with the slider and just kept pounding it. And that's what they did, and they found a lot of success doing that. So, like I said, really, really impressed with Bo Brisky. That's probably where the good news ends. I mean, the bullpen was solid again, as it tends to be. Uh, on Sunday, I know we already talked about Lang. Um, and then we, I mean, Michael Fulmer came in, look, if Michael Fulmer's cutter is doing that again, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna play that, that cutter when it is on, I think it's today technically listed as a slider, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that, that thing comes in there at 91, 92 miles an hour and moves like that. It's, it's a crazy effective pitch when it's on. And if he's healthy then we're going to get that pitch and then that kind of production from him. It's going to be a, a really valuable piece at the back end of this bullpen. Um, Gregory Soto, like I said, I think pitched maybe the best inning of the season in the ninth, and then just extra runner on base. I mean, he he recorded uh, he, he recorded an out. 
Like uh, it's really hard with the with the Manfred runner there on second. Um, we already talked about Lang. Other pitch, I mean Andrew Chafin, I thought looked solid. Uh, Lang, oh Lang, I I just I did want to touch on Lang. Oh, Jason Foley looked really good again too. That's the other person I want to bring up. Lang getting the sixth inning confused some people because like he's been one of our better relievers, and that was you know first out of the pen thing is kind of weird. You got to look at where on the lineup we were on Sunday. Uh, Lang got first out of the pen. However, the reason that he got the sixth was because uh, it was their best hitters. It was Judge, Rizzo, and Donaldson, and they wanted Lang to go up against that, and he set him down. Um, and then the seventh inning, obviously, stretching that one inning into two is where it gets a little shaky. His command was not great even when he went through the big three, the three-headed monster there in the previous inning. Um, but, I mean, I guess we only gave up, what, a run out of it? So, eh. I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's, I find this balance of not balance. I try to find myself walking this, this line of being unbelievably frustrated at this weekend and also just being completely demoralized and like, what, like it's the Yankees and we're not even close to them yet. Year six of a rebuild. Five, six, whatever. Over half a decade of a rebuild. And we are still nowhere close to being competitive. Or at least being competitive against the best teams in the league. It's really, really frustrating. And it really just makes me sad more than anything. So, like, yes, I, I'm unbelievably frustrated. I'm mad. I uh, I don't want to keep watching this product either. We should be a lot better. This offense is abysmal. Javi had a couple of hits on Sunday. He also had a couple of just brutal mental errors. I don't know what was going on in the base paths there. I don't know what was going on in the field and why he didn't charge the ball. Uh, I mean, Miguel Cabrera at, at almost 40 is straight up your your best hitter. That's who, we're, who we are relying on in a, on a day-to-day basis. Miguel Cabrera. He is hitting – somebody posted a thing, I don't remember who, that – Miguel Cabrera is batting over 300 and like five other people in our lineup are batting under 200 or some ridiculous. It's all, it's, it's all, it's all ridiculous. So let's end the show with talking about some of the roster moves that we could see, and then hopefully they do happen. And then we can just talk about those tomorrow. Uh, but some people to keep an eye out for Austin Meadows, I think is pretty much a lock to rejoin the team in Pittsburgh. So we should be seeing that soon. I'd be really shocked if it wasn't. Riley Green, I think, debuts at home. So I don't expect him to join the team in Pittsburgh, but still something to keep an eye on for. If they want him now, you you could very well see it. I'm not saying it's out of the question, but if I had to put money on it, I would say this weekend in Toronto. Still, Riley Green close. That's super exciting. Um, What else? Uh, Pitching-wise... Tyler Alexander pitched a couple of innings of really good baseball for Toledo. So hopefully he can get here sooner rather than later. Give us some more reinforcements there. Um, Cody Clemens and Daz would, would be people to keep an eye on for. I mean, maybe Willie Castro at this point. But, I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that the dude that's been batting leadoff for the last week is just going to get sent down when those guys are ready. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but – 
those are the big. Austin Meadows and, and Riley Green are obviously the big two. Then pitching-wise, there is, I mean, Erod's throwing and, and hopefully rehabbing relatively soon. Um, it's just going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out and, and who's expendable on the roster, who gets sent down, uh, who they call back up, the timing of everything. It, it could potentially be a, a really, really interesting Monday and then Thursday for the Tigers. So we'll see. We'll see. Really, really discouraging. That's the word. Really, really discouraging weekend from the Tigers. Really, really discouraging. Um, oh, Jamer, we haven't had an update on him. If he's hurt, that changes everything as well. Eric Haas is also somebody I think we should keep an eye on. Not for injury's sake, uh, but I genuinely think that Eric Haas is close to getting demoted. Might be a hot take, uh, whatever. I, and I hope, you know... Best case scenario is he just starts hitting again and turns it around and everything's fine. But based on what the team has gotten out of him up to this point, uh, it would not shock me if over the next four days, Eric Haas was, was not in the major league roster anymore. Now you do have some juggling to do with that as well, because you do have, uh, I think those are the only two catchers on the 40 man roster. So then you have to make, adjustments with the 40 man and, and add Garneau. You do have expendable people on the 40 man though, that you can get off some pitchers on there that uh, I would imagine that like 60 or 70% of fans, maybe them ever even heard of. So there, it is, it is possible, but uh, it's, we'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll, we'll go in depth on all the roster moves that do happen or could potentially happen on tomorrow's day off. Uh, sorry for running long today, but we got a whole weekend with a lot of stuff that came out of it. So we had to talk about a lot of stuff. Um, golly. Frustrating, frustrating stuff. Frustrating stuff. Thanks for making us your first listen every day, though. I do greatly appreciate all the support that this show and that I continue to get even through a, a really rough start to the year for your Detroit Tigers. I, I really do greatly appreciate it. So thank you for making me your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on MLB, Paul Francis Sullivan. Great guy. Super funny. I've done a couple of crossovers with him. Knows his stuff. He brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team. And the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, this is like 40 minutes long. I'm way over time. I'm going to get yelled at by somebody. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. Um, Lord knows my therapist is going to learn a lot about baseball this week. And hopefully we head into Pittsburgh, get a couple of wins back under our belt, head into Toronto hot, and, and, and can maybe make some noise then. Until then, though, until tomorrow, be on the eyes for some roster moves. Be on the lookout. Peace and love going there. Peace and dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.